chubby pile of splinters and razor blades sounds like something from Logan's grinder profile. Welcome to episode 64 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of February 2020, and we'll be discussing new comics and Dazzler. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is another redhead that curses at Hank McCoy. Patty! Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Let us be social with you. Don't you want to be social? Are you anti-social? Listening to angry music and wearing your baggy jeans? Pushing the elderly in front of cars and flipping off the police? Setting houses on fire and shoplifting? These things are illegal, so stop fucking doing them and follow us instead. How did you find out I did all those things? What? What? And speaking of illegal, if bad language makes you ill and you think innuendo is for the birds, like an eagle, an ill eagle, get it? Then this is not the podcast for you. Why are you trying to get eagles sick anyway? They were just taken off the endangered species list, asshole. Be nice to birds, or you're going to end up in bird court. And no one from It's Always Sunny is going to save you because that show is fictional. No one actually knows bird law except for the birds. So if you end up in bird court, that is going to be super fucking hawk word for you. Am I quacking you up yet? There's your explicit content warning. Hawk word. Shut up. Hawk, would you just tell me to shut up? Yes. Well, this is getting awkward. <laughs> I actually did my research, and then I wanted to make a joke about eagles, and I was like, wait a second, are they still endangered? So I googled it, and they were not taken off the endangered species list too long ago. But oh. they're off. Good. They're okay. Good. Yeah. So what's what's cracking? What, some eggs. Some bird eggs, Patty. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so sad. What's crack-a-lacking with you, home slice? um Uh uh-oh no nothing much uh (laughs) you know we just had a long day you know we watched some she-ra yeah long day of she-ra long day of she-ra yeah we uh recorded this morning i went to gym this morning we hung out with our friend andy shout outs to andy shout outs to andy who doesn't Um, listen because he doesn't No, he does listen but he does yeah but he doesn't read new x-men comics does he no I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check. You're gonna, I'm gonna check you're gonna with him. You're gonna see if he listens to this episode. Yeah, he better. <laughs> um, we watched a lot of She-Ra, and we found out that. Uh, so, so I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that there are no more than one Chuck Austins in the world, <laughs> but that there is a, an executive producer on She-Ra, Chuck Austin. You guys, you X-Men fans, know that name. Yeah, you guys know that uh, name. Everybody knows that name. Everybody loves him in the yeah. X Men worlds. Yeah, he, he's very talented at what he does. Yeah, and what he does isn't very nice. <laughs> I've never heard a bad word about the man. Just and his work. Not Nothing. a not a single bad word. Not a, not any single bad word. It's usually multiple bad words. It's... So that's that's interesting as hell. I'm assuming it's the same guy because like, why would there be two? Chuck Austin's out there. Like, uh, what, what the fuck? Uh, Michael Myers, right? The right. fucking killer from Halloween. Right. You know, so the actor, Mike Myers, wasn't like, oh, yeah, let me call myself Michael Myers. Yeah, and no, he goes by Mike Myers. Well, I don't know if that's literally the reason, but it makes sense. What about the guy from, um, who am I thinking? The guy from Office Space? Uh, he, like, had the same name as some famous singer. Oh, Michael Bolton. Yeah. Okay, okay I was thinking of, like, 
I thought you were being serious about like an actor's name, not the character's name. No, no, name. no, no, no. Michael yeah. Bolton, yeah. And uh, I met somebody, uh, I worked with somebody named Mark Anthony. That was his <laughs> really? legitimate full name. He didn't even have a middle name, I don't think, to differentiate himself. He didn't have a last name either. He had two first names. Yeah. Yeah. No, Anthony was his last name, I think. No, that's a first name. <laughs> he had two first names, Patty. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I had an an interview for an internship uh, with my master's degree. I have to do like 11.25 hours of an internship a week for like a certain amount of time that I forget. So uh, I had an interview at this like LGBT kind of safe space. Yay. And they have like therapy and like group sessions and stuff and they feed them, but I didn't. Like, cause she was like, oh yeah, you know, even us, you know, like I'll, I'll be there like just like ripping up chicken for tacos or whatever. And I didn't want to tell her that I'm not going to handle any meat. Nah. <laughs> nah. My deli is open for you 24 seven, but, but so you're not going to handle meat. Would you beat the meat though? No. So you're not going to handle it, but would you beat it? No. You would not beat the meat. I would not. You would not do a Michael Jackson and beat it. No. So you're not Michael Jackson. No relation. No relation. No, even though your your actual real last name is Jackson, you would not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you th- it's not Kenny. It's Jackson. I'm doxing her right now. Her name is Patricia Jackson. Patricia Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we do have a few new comics that we're going to be talking about. And also before we get into the the few new comics that we're going to talk about, um, again, I had mentioned last episode that maybe by this episode we would have a contest. And we do not on this episode, but I'm announcing that the next episode that comes out, our mid-February episode, we are going to have one for a bigger giveaway. And by big, I mean it's going to be a big piece of art. I think it is like two feet by three feet. Free giveaway. I'll have a question I'll have instructions for exactly how to get in touch with us to get us the answer to whatever question I come up with. So you can enter to win this fucking huge, awesome piece of artwork from Steven Gertz. And, of course, I will have a link to his shop because you should buy his stuff because he makes cute artwork. So there you go. Uh, All right, so we got a few new comics that we're going to be talking about. And the first one that we're going to be talking about is X-Force number six. And I initially did not have this one planned for this episode. I had initially planned to talk about Fallen Angels number six. But who cares about that? Well, so because I figured, you know, okay, we'll stop talking about it for a while because we don't have good things to say about it. Because not too many people do. If you love it, I'm happy for you. I don't want anybody to hate anything from the X-Men. If something makes you happy, fucking let your freak flag Fallen Angel fly. (laughs) But, But once again, like... I had nothing good to say about it. I figured final issue of this limited series, we'll talk about it. No. Um, it, was, it was not worth it. It was, it was not. so bad that we just have no words. So I figured X-Force number six, in was my amazing. mind, was nuts. It was just absolutely nuts. So I'm like, so good. all right, so, so we'll have to do this. All right, so the fucking X-Force, they're fighting these fucking plant people, I guess. Sage is saying this mission never happened, so don't leave behind witnesses. And that's kind of scary and badass. But sure, that's what X-Force is for. But Beast is narrating because, you know, he is the conductor of this orchestra. And so he's willing to go into morally questionable areas, which I feel is perfect for him. He explains how, you know, we'll plant evidence. There'll be memory erasure and that kind of stuff. And uh, that's fine. Give that to Beast. He'll, he'll, he does that fine. He's made lots of questionable choices in his career. Yeah, and he's one of the few characters that has had a dark version of himself. A dark... Okay, I thought you said dork version. I was like, yes, there was dork beast. (laughs) I loved dork beast. You remember that guy? Yes. With his penis? (laughs) (laughs) What? Dork. Yeah? You never heard that? 
And that, that's like a, that's what you call a whale penis. It's a dork. That's where that word what? comes from. Yeah, whale penis. Yeah. All right, I'm going to look that up right now. Look that up right now. Such weird results. Does dork mean whale balls? Actually, the term dork as a penis is documented. As a whale's penis, it is not. Okay, well, either way, dork equals penis. Okay. Yeah. So we sure. you can just call him penis beast for short. Okay. Well, he <laughs> is a real prick. yeah great nice setup and then all of a sudden you turn the page and uh you find out that xavier is still a douchebag after all this time what after all this time patty say what he's the real whale penis here (laughs) xavier you know he says krakoa needed a lusitania a pearl harbor so his fucking his death was staged and he felt that this will would be the catalyst to truly unify mutant which, kinds. Which makes sense, because, like, we were talking about how ridiculous it was. Yeah, how easy it, it was like, that they just got on there and How is he just, he's just, like, so out in the open and yep. just drinking and eating whatever anybody hands him, just, like, completely open to attacks or whatever, and, yeah, because it was, he knew it was coming and he was going to let it happen. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, this, this honestly, like, for this bold new direction... That's something that kind of was just like uh, that. That that is no different than what we have seen throughout the entirety of X Men history. Like he's done fucked up things, but still, it, it was honestly kind of a shock. I was not expecting that. Like, yeah, we sat here on the episode we talked talked about the first issue of X Force. Like, why the fuck was that so easy? Now we know why. So it makes sense, but it was still really fucked up. But anyway, uh, this country of Terra Verde didn't want to sign the Krakoan Treaty. Uh, and Xavier goes there to meet with them. He's not alone. Black Tom is with him and is like, you know, um, we're not going to let this kind of thing happen again. We're not going to let you get taken out. But, of course, fucking there's a fucking plant man there that tries to stop the, the treaty signing. And Tom is, is so cute. I just I love this Black Tom. Not on Black Tom's watch. You you keep where you is, Professor. Nobody's getting to you without getting through Black Tom. And Black Tom's a mean, stabby pile of splinters and razor blades. And uh, the plant man, the plant men run off, uh, but now Terra Verde won't sign the treaty. And so, so, the fucking, it turns out that these plant men came for the president's son, um, and Beast personally visits the president of Terra Verde, his name is Kokom. Gene drops in too, and there's another data page about these telefluoronic scientists, and I thought that this was interesting, because these were, like, humans sort of replicating what mutants have done with Krakoa with Krakoan drugs and making Krakoan weapons, that humans were making plant-based drugs that would have similar effects to Krakoan drugs, and that they were able to weaponize the, this plant-based technology. And so that would kind of render Krakoan drugs and whatever obsolete. Like, you wouldn't, like humans wouldn't need it anymore, and that would put mutant kind in a really terrible position. Well, because what follows, then, is Beast and X-Force wiping them out. They can't have that sort of fucking competition um, because, you know, like I said, I mean, if, if mutant kinds like economic power in the world right now is their Krakoan drugs, anything that humankind produces as a threat to uh, Krakoan drugs is a direct threat to mutant kind. That's where mutants are really holding the power right now. But anyway, X-Force, you see all this action. It's great. X-Force is fighting the plant men and they don't quite kill them, but Beast basically asks Jean to do it. And she said, whatever happened to kill no human? But she does it. It looks glorious. And as Beast is trying to, like, you know, excuse it, she goes, 
uh, don't fucking patronize me. And I thought that was amazing. Yes, this yes, is- that is, I, oh God, I love her so much. And that is so much of what I've wanted to say to Beast. <clears throat> but I wish that she like went off on a rant and just like ripped him a new one. But A new dork? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, her, that panel just, oh God, it was so good. That entire page was amazing, you know, just to see her tear these people apart and then, you know, basically curse him out. It was it was kind of weird, but it was also awesome at the same time. You know, I mean, I feel like she wouldn't tear him a new fucking whale penis because he doesn't need two penises. He doesn't deserve that. <laughs> Since what, is that is that a tertiary mutation that Beast has now? No, you he's, said he's tear a... him a new penis. <laughs> He doesn't deserve two penises. Give him two assholes where <laughs> where one of his penises had been. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now, this sounds like a, a dark beast. No, I'm sorry. This does sound like a dork beast experiment right now. An asshole where your penis was. Two assholes. <laughs> Which one is the dominant asshole, though? Is it just kind of like a surprise every time you got to go? Or is it like one of them I is a dominant like one asshole? One of them is like an out hole and one of them is an in hole. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, okay, whoa, whoa. No, okay, this, what? This, what? Oh, but I don't know what to make of any of it. I this. feel like it'd be like having, uh, you know, like a vagina and a butthole, but the top butthole is like the vagina because that's like where you put stuff in. Well, no. You can put stuff in the butt too. On a new episode of Patty's Anatomy. <laughs> Didn't Grey's Anatomy ends? This is where it continues. Continuation. Please, I'm, just, I'm sorry to interrupt well, you. Please he can go get, on. He can yeah. get like triple penetrated then. Triple penetrated? Triple yeah. Teamed? Yeah. Yeah, so President Colcom's son had staged his own kidnapping to yes. be turned into this plant man. And so, yeah, so Terra Verde. Plant man is a Mega Man villain. Yeah. Uh, How about that? He's also a Marvel villain before he was ever a Mega Man villain. I feel like I knew that. Yeah, do you remember that panel from Spider-Man? He's like throwing the coconuts. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, okay, (laughs) I do remember that, but for some reason, when I think Plant Man, I just think Mega Man. Yeah, no, of course, same, same, absolutely. But so, so, you know, we find out explicitly that that this is what happened. Kokom's son had staged his own kidnapping, and it was going to fucking stop the fucking president from signing the fucking treaty. But yeah, Terra Verde's advancements would have mirrored Krakoa's and humans wouldn't need the mutant drugs anymore. And so Beast actually, in a fucked up way, helped mutant kind avert disaster. X-Force killed all the revolutionaries, um, all the, like, the plant men. They destroyed the lab. And Beast reprogrammed the fucking plant drugs to eat Kokom's son's mind. Uh, rather than the president to see his son as a traitor. Because, you know, that would be, that would be sad. And this would be less sad, I guess. Um, but so the president would be grateful for the mutants' help and then definitely sign the treaty. And that's exactly what happened. The problem, the problem is that Beast thinks that his plan is fucking foolproof. But, you know, the the son's mind has been eaten away. And so he's like a vegetable now. Eh, plant, vegetable, nah. right? Yeah. But the son, at the very end of the issue, turns into this plant goop, slinks away out the window, and walks off into the night as Beast says, I'm never wrong. And I loved it. I loved that. Yeah, when they, like, snuck in to see the president, you know, they were doing it all secret-like, and Mm. they they said uh, to erase everybody's memories except for the president. Yeah, they were... They, they uh, promised to give the son back or whatever, but Beast is like, I didn't say how, what condition he was going to be in. This, so this is just, it was really fucked up and really fucking dark. And of course, 
you know, be saying I'm never wrong. Like, of course he's wrong. We've seen we've seen him be wrong multiple times. I mean, he's times. blue. Uh, but, whoa. And furry. <laughs> he did that to himself. <laughs> I'm just saying it shows that he's wrong just looking at him. Because oh, he wasn't born that way. <laughs> uh. This sounds oddly... This sounds oddly dorkist. I don't. I don't oh know God. how else to put it. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, this issue was great. It, uh, Xavier's confession, Beast's methods, X Force, and Gene killing. Like this is such a good dark X Men book. Like not quite as dark as like say Volume Three by Kyle and Yost, but but more really more fucked up in a way and and really well thought out. This single issue, I really I got so much from this. Like, you, we know that Beast is a fucking genius and has been an asset to the X-Men, but we also know how wrong he's been in the past and how how he's made such morally ambiguous decisions. And this issue had everything. It had all this fucking, fucking action, politics, humor, um, and it just, it got, it got, oh, it was, it was so good. I really, and you know, we already said, but I love seeing Gene cut loose um, and telling Beast to shut the fuck up. You know, my only, as much of a shock and as interesting as I thought Xavier's confession was, you know, thinking about it more, reading through this again earlier today before we recorded, I'm like, you know, this is sort of just like the same old fucking Xavier again, you know what I mean? But, I don't know, I mean, in order to take Mutant Kind where it's going, not everything is gonna be, you know, fucking easy, and, well, you know... Well, this Xavier is supposed to be different because Moira, like, because of what Moira said to him yeah. and, like, tried to make him more yeah. like Magneto and Magneto more like him and stuff, so kind of what we're seeing is how we've always kind of viewed Xavier as readers, but it's weird having him kind of admit to it himself. But this issue was really, really good. Yeah, the art was good, you know, uh, more of like the, the figures and everything, like uh, the characters or whatever. It was more well-defined than Joshua Kassara, for, for lack of a better way of putting it. But I do love the regular art team because it's kind of, it, they're really good at creating a specific mood for this book. I still got it from this issue, but, you know, the art was like a little bit more refined. I still liked it. But yeah, this was a, a great issue. Um, in Krakoan, at the end, it says, next, Domino. Then the next issue is going to focus on Domino, and I believe Colossus is going to be in there. So that should be cool to see. All right, next comic we're talking about is New Mutants, number six, and so, I am going to... Uh, so this is great for me. For Not you. as great for Jonathan, because this goes back to the story with Boom Boom and Glob. Why isn't this great for me? Because you like the other story better. Not necessarily, no. I like them both. Oh, okay. Most people like the other story yes, better. Yes, and most, um, people, most people that I've seen, anyway, vocal about it, hated this issue. Really? Yes. Well, That's okay. That's okay. Listen, the, the, you I like feel like I like. always have different opinions from everybody. Is there something wrong with me? You're a unique snowflake. Oh, my God. Aw. Fatty Flake. Ah. Ah. Yeah, no, but I, I really liked it. Again, you know, people, everybody's entitled to their opinions. I saw a few people really liked this and found some interesting, found some some of it interesting and, and great because I really liked it. Um, it was a really fucked up issue, but I did really like it. Uh, it opens with Boom Boom blowing up a truck. So you know it's going to be good that's, when that happens. Yeah, that's fucking badass. Fucking love Boom Boom. Yeah, but she gets hit with the power dampener. Fuck. Yeah, but but that's okay. She's going to be okay. So now we come back to this from the from the last issue, you know, underground where they were being held. Uh, the rest of the team was being held. Glob 
can't believe that Maxime and Manon just had the goons shoot each other. And, you know, the, the kids were like, they were going to kill us. What should we have done? And so this was amazing. And I love this about Glob Herman. And it, it makes me... a good boy. Not just that. It makes me so happy for how much Ed Brisson loves this character. Because Glob, he, not, he, he tells them, you could have made them think they were our friends. And, of course, he's right. He tells the kids, because of the gunshots, the other goons are going to come now and check on us. And as he's saying that, one of the other goons rushes down there with a gun and fucking Glob knocks this guy out with like a sleeper hold and says, see, minimum force necessary. And the kids are like, sorry. Like he tells the kids that they have to think this through the next time. And this is showing that Glob deserves to be an X-Man. This is like he's actually teaching like the younger generation like how you think through a fight how you take on an enemy you know and they're not like these are human enemies like what you do to minimize the damage i just i thought that was like as goofy and as dumb as glob has been and in his early appearances as shitty as he was like the guy has come you know quite some way and part of that is due to brisson picking up this character a couple of years ago and just running with him since and i thought that that was such a short series of panels but i thought that it was really important and i liked it yeah it was great and uh i guess that the twins aren't getting any kind of redemption because they're also kind of shitty in this they are as we will discuss more later yeah but beak was like oh they got what they deserved but then he gets shot yeah so the people upstairs like angel and some of the kids Angel just, like, pukes on this guy, and everybody starts fighting, and she just, like, carries Beak and is like, we have to go to the hospital now. Yeah. Oh, fucking Boom Boom. What's what's great is one of, one of the goons comes up to fight Boom Boom. She doesn't have her powers now, and this was great because I was a little concerned about her just being, like, the silly fucking drunk. No, she's like, I've been on Black Ops team since I was, like, 12. You think I need my bombs just to kick your ass? I eat low-level clowns like you for breakfast. And then she saves armor. She's fucking awesome. I was so happy to see that. But, yeah, Beak did get shot. They have to get him to the fucking... They want, well, they want to get him to the hospital because, fucking, there's no Krakoan gate that's nearby. I remember Boom Boom had to fucking, like, walk most of the way to get there. They're getting, everybody's getting Beak into the truck, and then you hear, like, gunshots. Tumalo shot Beak's mom and has his dad at gunpoint. Yeah, we find out because a fucking dad is, like, whispering that he killed Beak's mom. And Angel starts flipping out, like, we came to Nebraska to escape this kind of shit, but there's no escaping it. But she does not want to let this fucker leave. And then Tumalo kills Beak's dad, shoots him, and then says... When my government hears what happened here, their citizens killed by mutants, and then he kills himself. I could what not... What a twist. Could not fucking believe that this was going to, like, all go down this way. This was so fucking dark and sad. And, you know, Flaviano's art is, like, very cartoony, but, like, the looks on their faces when, like, blam on the page. It was so fucking sad. And there's a data page of, like, how the Bohem cartel, which is where Tumalo is from, how, like, the hierarchy, uh, looks like Tumalo is kind of low on that chain. So, obviously, they're gonna, they're gonna come back later. It's sad. The kids saw their grandpa get shot. Angel is sobbing, but they want to get beat to the hospital. Then you get the fucking newspaper, 
newspaper's name is Docs. Yeah, so that original. was cute. Nebraska nightmare. Four dead in mutant-infested county. Like, thanks, Nebraska. But then we get to Krakoa, and Beak seems happy. Everybody's happy. Angel's happy. All the kids are happy. Everybody's happy. He's and uh, That's strange, yeah, considering that, both of your parents died. What's yeah, going just got on? Show. He's happy no one else got seriously hurt. My parents passed away years ago, and fucking Armor figures it out right away and confronts Maxime and Manon. And, like, they feel bad because she's mad at them, but they thought they were doing the right thing. And Armor points out this violates not only their rights, but robs them of the chance to grieve. And the kids were like, we were just trying to help. We can put their memories back. And Armor literally goes, crap. Like, what? What do yeah, I do what do now? you do in that situation? Yeah. And so she had to make, like, a serious but unfortunate call. Like, no, we're not going to do that, but... You can't do this. We, we can't do this anymore. The, and the I family is so, so happy. I thought that they were going to try changing Armor's minds then. Really? But yeah, I did. Wow. Because I wasn't sure, like, do they actually not realize that what they're doing is wrong? Or do they know but just don't give a shit? Are they, like, blossoming sociopaths Yeah, or exactly. Yeah, I get you. Know, you know, um... I think that, personally, I think they just really don't know. Okay. And I don't know if that's more or less scary. <laughs> well, the, it's fair, because, I mean, they're only doing it to bad people. And they thought they were helping Yeah. Here. I, 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 I don't know. I loved this issue. It was really rough. You know, I mean, even... And so I thought about this, because I saw a couple of people calling this out. Like, why were they so upset and in such a rush to get a mutant to the hospital when a mutant can be resurrected? And I'm thinking to myself, like, it... It doesn't take away from the fact that a mutant can feel pain and suffer, you know? Whether you get him in a truck and to the hospital, or get him in a jet, maybe. Um, she, she, boom, boom, didn't take the Blackbird. She wasn't going to fly and drink, which I thought was great and responsible. But even if you could get him into the Blackbird, Blackbird and back to Krakoa, he's suffering the entire way, you know? So, okay, fine, he can be resurrected. That doesn't diminish the fact that he's feeling pain and that... Angel, his wife is there. The ch- his children yeah, are there. Yeah, seeing your dad die in front of you. Yeah, it's probably traumatic. Yeah, right. So, so okay, great. He can be resurrected, but that's not the whole point. And it also doesn't take away the fact that those human loved ones' families are at risk and cannot be resurrected. They can't be resurrected. So you know, and that's sad. And this book touched on that. I don't know. I feel like sometimes uh, mutants can, like, hide their powers, so you might not know that somebody is a mutant. Some can, yeah. Um, Like, I... But I thought that um, Beak's dad was a mutant because of the disease that he had or whatever. Um, and it's confusing all these fucking data pages. <laughs> I did not read the data pages for any of the books this week, and I don't think it impacted anything because I think that they're just a waste of a page. I... But they contain data. Oh, my God. That, Patty, that's science. That's mutant it's, science. I feel like it's a waste, and Daddy, I really can't wait for them to do away with those. Are you a science denier? Yes. Do you deny climate change, Patty? Oh my god! Ninety-seven percent no. of scientists and their data, <laughs> but this agree is, that we are all going to die. This is different. This is about like irrelevant shit. Not always. Not. I get what you're saying, and and I. Like, I feel like whatever they can say in the data page, they can say in the comics, but they're just being lazy <laughs> and don't want to try to fit it into fewer words. So they want to type out like a 1200 p- 
page essay about the different page essay. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> I'm not a writer. <laughs> Just read a fucking book at that point. That is hilarious. You're making up really all funny. of these words that I'm supposed to know <laughs> and all of these ranks that don't matter. Oh god, I fucking ugh. No, I I listen and, and we've gone on about this before. And like, like, I hopefully the listeners know, and I'm, I, I hope Patty knows too. That usually I'm just joking because I'm just, I give her a hard time, you know, sometimes. But like, I honestly, I, I do respect where she's coming from, and I'm sure she's not the only one out there. But I can, I can partially at least agree, um, just outside of like acknowledging your and respecting your opinion. Some of it doesn't really do much for the story. I do think that some of it does do more for the story, but sometimes it really doesn't. Like the poems in Fallen Angels? Well, that's Patty. Let's not, let's not, we don't need to include. Okay. um, But like this whole rank thing of um, Bohem Cartel. Yeah, like that could have been done a different way or just not done at all. Oh, last time we talked about New Mutants, uh, all those fucking, um, like those, the Death Squad or whatever, you remember all them? Like, I I thought that was neat. I thought that was kind of cool, and it got my imagination going. But was that really necessary? Not really. No, because they make all a, died. I got to make a Sega joke out of it, which was <laughs> cool. But yeah, I so so I get where you're coming from. But anyway, you know, overall, like this, I thought this book was great. It was really fucking dark. It got really overwhelming, which I did not see coming, uh, with a twist at the end. And so it's like happy, but it's sad. And so you're left with like these fucking conflicting feelings but i love what it did for glob i love seeing armor make this tough call um you know it might be like whether it's like quote unquote right to let them enjoy their ignorance and be happy or tell them to truth tell them the truth that's like you know a tough call that an x-man would have to make very happy that boom boom wasn't just drunken humor maxime and manon are like a whole nother thing like i still like them i still think they have potential but this whole whoopsie we shouldn't have done that trope has to stop like it began and it needs to end with this arc otherwise it's going to become predictable and ridiculous and they're just going to be these one note characters let them learn a little bit and let them grow from this now otherwise you know you need to more explicitly put them on the path to be sociopaths and villains give us more backstory on them too where the fuck did they really come from other than friends let's see them have more dialogue with other characters and you know more than just this whoopsie plot device sort of thing i think brisson can do that he created them let's let's get more from them yeah overall i thought this issue was great yeah i did too uh like i said i've been enjoying this more than the space story although i you know i love magic but I don't know. I feel like they could work as two separate books because I want to see both stories and then it kind of sucks having to wait like months to see more of the other story. Well, case in point, next in Krakowin at the end, next Bird of Prey. So we're going back to space. Ah. Uh, There is a cover, I forget which issue it is, that shows Boom Boom with the space new mutants. So, Spoilers. Yeah, it might be folding into one, and we I don't know what's going on, if Brisson is going to continue or whatever. I don't know. So we'll we'll see what happens. All right. So last new comic we're talking about is X-Men number five. And uh, it opens with Scott going, what have I done? What the hell was I thinking? And I'm like, what, Scott? What are you? Uh-oh, what? What, did you, what the fuck did you do, Scott? Everything. It sounds like a you thing to say. Yes. 
<laughs> no, uh, except it doesn't because I know exactly what Scott did wrong. I can pinpoint it. You didn't even read the issue yet at that point. How could it, you know? It doesn't matter. I Patty. always know Scott always does everything wrong. Patty. Jonathan. S- Scott rhymes with hot. So? Scott is hot. Patty rhymes with fatty. But your name isn't Patty, it is Patricia. It's not. Patricia rhymes with Delicia. That's not a word. I, yes, don't make fun of my (laughs) dialect, okay? Dialect. Yeah, my dialect from this part of New Jersey. Uh Uh-huh. You on your other side of New Jersey. Oh, R.B. Silva is back. Yay. Yeah, I know, so good. So Serafina is in Ecuador, and she grabs these farmers and commands commands them to stop him from following her. We don't know who him is yet, but then we see him as Wolverine. And I'm sorry, I love R.B. Silva so much. He did 99% amazing job in this issue. There's one other thing I'm going to point out, but this, the one page where Wolverine shows up, his head was very tiny compared to his body. He was very wide. He was like a he was like a chode. You know what that <laughs> is? Yeah, I see, do. See, dork dork doesn't work, but chode does. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I learned what chode was when I was like ten. I think somebody told me it once, Patty, and then it just like stuck with me so for some reason. So wrong that you learned that at ten. Somebody told me. <laughs> somebody was like came up to me and was like, "Hey, do you know what a chode is?" And I was like, "No, educate me." Who the fuck just walks up to somebody and is like, it "Hey, in middle school, let me tell you." But yeah, so Wolverine does his little cool speech thing and these farmers come after him that Serafina touched. And what I noticed immediately was a little sheep that was looking up at the farmer that was yelling at Wolverine. That sheep looked so confused and concerned. (laughs) Patty, I felt so bad for that sheep. Did you notice the sheep? Uh, I don't think so. Oh my God, Patty, let me show you the sheep because I screenshotted it because I was very concerned about the sheep. But so Serafina escapes inside a vault. <gasps> she's a she's a children of the vault. She's a children. She's a children of the vault. Aha. Uh-huh. You know that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. She went into a vault. It's a little on the nose. A little. I think. It's a little on the dork. What? Boop. Ah! Patty booped my nose. You guys couldn't see it, but she did it. D- um Yeah, but the art is so gorgeous and, and trippy when she gets in there. You know, she's got fucking, like, wires around her, and it's all purple and looks like Tron, but better. And the fucking thing is, like, the vault welcomes you home. So, okay. So then we meet the team that has to go inside of the vault after them. And time moves differently. Like, like we know that. That's what happened to the children of the vault. They the fucking... expendable team. What? <laughs> yeah, right? We send in the expendable ones. That's... The ones nobody will miss. I feel like that's that's a movie, The Expendables. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean the ones that no one will miss? That's messed no, up. No, except for Wolverine. <laughs> People so, will miss X-23. So Laura, Sink, and Darwin are there. And uh, somebody, I forget who it was, like X-23, who, like Wolverine. And she interrupts and goes, actually, I'm Wolverine. And Logan goes, you tell him, kiddo. And so, like, the three of them are perfect to fucking survive this. Because you've got X-23's healing factor. You've got Darwin, who can adapt to anything. You've got Sink there, who can... Take all of that and fucking just be all that. So fucking perfect. So there's a bunch of catches, though, and they sort of do make sense. Cerebro can't penetrate the vault when it's closed, so there's no way that Xavier or anyone is going to know whether the team has lived or died. Uh, The last time the vault opened, several thousand years had passed inside. So uh, very interesting. We get the stakes. It's all, you know, just explicitly explained. 
But it still works. It still works for the story. I'm right there with them. The only thing that got me, why does Laura seem to get mad and say, you know who they should send on this mission? Wolverine to Logan. I, I first read that and I didn't get it. She just called herself Wolverine. Now, I understand we've had two Hawkeyes at the same time. I mean, shit, I'm sure we still do have two Hawkeyes. But it just seemed kind of weird. I'm like, is she trying to pass off the mission? Is she just upset that this, you know, ex- more experienced Wolverine isn't coming? It just, it felt off to me that she would say that. And whether it was just a funny conversation or banter or something you know maybe this was rb silva not getting the tone of the art right i don't know maybe this is just some me shit but it struck me the wrong way and i didn't really like it but you know logan is like i've got something pressing he's got a solo series pressing that's that's what he's got going on oh yeah and they won't let him be in five places at once again (laughs) (laughs) that is the best point I think anybody has made <laughs> in all the discussion around any of this is that he can't be in five places at once. That is bull fucking hockey right there. <laughs> Seriously. And they can just make more of him. They can make more of him? Are they going to clone him? No, they can. The five can just make oh, babies. Oh, no, 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 no. I know that's ag- that. I know it's against the rules, but it doesn't seem like Xavier plays by any rules. So fucking whatever. Just- he plays by his own rules. He's a rebel. So, but Sink is so good. You know, he's like, all right, let's go be heroes. And then, and so, okay, so fine. You don't like data pages? This was sweet, though. This was really sweet. Um, or at least it got sweet at the end of this data page. Tell me, because I didn't read it. So, this is something that, like, you, at least I didn't think about. You have mutants who died a long time ago, right? Sink mm-hmm. died a long time ago. Think about how the world has changed since since that person has been dead. And what kind of not physical impact? He's he's fine physically, and he seems fine emotionally. But think about the psychological impact of that. Yeah, like, he it's doesn't like, have to deal with like zunes and stuff. He just gets <laughs> in, like a new iPad. <laughs> zunes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the new phone. It's not a phone. It has MySpace Mobile. I hated those commercials. <laughs> I hated those commercials, you guys. Who remembers the Zune? Be honest. You gotta message us if you had a Zune. I'm I not, did. I'm not. You didn't have a Zune. I did, Patty. I don't believe I you. I did. Patty, I had. Don't a be z- that person. I had a Zune, but Patty. I returned it after a few days because the battery didn't last. Did you really? Yeah. You returned it after a few days. The battery didn't last. How long did it last? Uh, not even the whole school day. And this wasn't like... That was like early, though. This wasn't like a smart Zune or anything. It was just like a regular Zune that just played music. And it had like the album artwork on the back or whatever on the screen. And yeah, I would listen to music like all the time in high school. And it wouldn't even last the whole day. Oh, man. I almost feel bad now. Yeah, but I got an iPod, which I was trying to hold off on because I hate Apple. But, um, like, I finally... Wave goodbye. Wave goodbye to (laughs) those unsubscribers. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't have anything against people who do like Apple. I just am not a fan of Apple. So I I finally caved and bought an iPod and was like, fine, if this sucks, I'll return it too. But the old iPods that, like, didn't have internet access and all that shit that just played songs... Like the classic iPod, those those were like the one good product that Apple made. It wasn't like 
fancy bullshit. It was just like, this thing will get your music played, and that's what I wanted. Well, see, I kind of do have something against uh, Apple and some of the people who use it. Not everyone who has an Apple product, but you know those fucking oh, yeah. Apple heads that are like, oh man, I got my fucking eye nail polish. Oh man, I got my eye condoms. Oh my god, I gotta fucking wear it on my face. You know, like, just, no. Anyway, back to sync. Uh, so, it's <laughs> a, a, you know, like, think about somebody who's been in a coma for like 20 years, you know? The psychological impact that that person has waking up to a completely different world. So at the end of that data page was like, this is why we moved Skin up in the resurrection queue. So he could have somebody from his time who was familiar that also didn't, you know, who missed a lot so they could be together. Patty. So I thought that that was really neat and really cute too. In the meantime, the other children of the vault seem like they're being restored. So dope. So these X-Men are the perfect X-Men that can get in there and go after them. So Scott, Storm, and Armor serve as a distraction for the automated defense system to get the other three in. But why not just let them live in the vault? The children. (laughs) Which children? The children of the vault. Oh, those children. Those vault children. (laughs) Those are very specific vault children. (laughs) I don't know, because they're bad. They're bad, and they do bad things. But we don't know that they're going to do bad things. We... I thought this was like a Woodstock, peace and love, free love, <laughs> spread the weed around kind of community now. We don't know that the Red Skull is going to do bad things. His skull is just red. Just uh... leave. <laughs> well, the children of the vaults are like mutants, aren't they? No, 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 no. They're fucking um, uber evolutionized human things. Very, very future human. Okay. Sure. Okay. So... Yeah, okay. I kind of remember that now a little bit better. Um, I remember really liking that story, but it's been a while since I read it. So, but why did they just show up now? Do we know? We don't know. We don't know, no. Um, she was just running through a forest and they were chasing her for no reason. The first issue of this X-Men, when like Cyclops, I think it was Storm, Magneto, Polaris, they went after that Orcus stronghold, the last one, and there were a bunch of trapped mutants that they let go. There was one there... And it was Serafina. You may not remember, she tried to do the Jedi mind trick to Storm. Like, you don't see me. And she's like, I see you right oh, now. Oh, I didn't she know who that was. It's her. It's oh, her. Okay. So, yeah, so they found her. And that's why Logan was chasing her through the forest. But she ran back into her vault. And so, so but the, the three get in. And, the, you know, it says, like, reading, reading. And then on the next page, the vault reads them, the three of them as an anomaly. And Sink says, oh, shit. And we get back to Krakoa. It's been three months, five days, and some change since they disappeared. No contact. And apparently, that translates to 537 years and some change inside of the vault. And that's when Scott goes, my God, what have I done? You killed children. You're (laughs) the new Professor X. Congratulations. Whoa, 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 Jonathan. Whoa. 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 Yeah, that's, that's fucking scary. But they've got to be okay. And the, what what gets me about but this... But we're not going to find out about it because these X-Men issues are just one-shots. Yeah, and see, see, that's what gets me about this. Great fucking cliffhanger. That's dope. Next issue, and Krakoan, it says something owed. The next issue is about Mystique, so they may not even touch on this. They're not going to. And so that's the thing about this, and I feel like we've talked about this a couple of times before. Each one of these is like a one-shot setting up a potential future plot line. But y- how are you going to leave on this kind of fucking cliffhanger and be like, 
yeah, maybe in a couple of years we'll come back. Like, don't fucking take these characters off the board. Or maybe they're taking powerful characters like Sink and Darwin off the board on purpose. But now but X-23 Laura, is gone. No, Laura Vereen is fucking... Uh, no, come on. That stinks, not knowing when that's going to come back. It really does. I can imagine Gabby just freaking the fuck out and just slashing Cyclops across the face. Like, I'll make you a real Cyclops, you motherfucker. Where's my sister? Patty, Hope, Jonathan. Hope just did that a little while ago. And he deserved it. No, he did not. Yes, he deserves to get his other eye cut out. <laughs> God. I mean, I just, I feel like they have to be okay. I don't know. It's just an excuse to not use one of my favorite characters. Thanks, guys. Slow clap. <laughs> also, let Laura just be Wolverine. Logan pin- can be Badger. Everybody knows that story, okay, Marvel? It's not going to be a surprise to anybody if you're like, Logan's going to take the name Badger. We all know where that comes from. Let him be Badger. Let Laura be Wolverine. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you. Somebody, Somebody's out there with me. Good. No, I, I thought this issue was great. I really did. That cliffhanger is fucking dope. But, yeah, this is, this is going to suck because we don't know. And especially since they're saying that Wolverine can't be in two places at one time when we know Wolverine can be in five places at one time. That means that we're not going to see Laura anywhere else, which is fucking bullshit. Well, okay, so here's the thing. So Ben Percy, the writer of X-Force and of the solo Wolverine series, said that he is. You we're going to see some of the Wolverine family there. So we're probably going to see Laura well, there. Well, there's somehow. other wolf fam. Yeah, we're going to be seeing Gabby at some point, too, either in there or in X-Force or maybe both. That's all been... All but been confirmed-ish. So, do you think Nebraska is a nightmare? Are you in sync with this Children of the Vault story? You won't have to wait 537 years for us, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Oh, no! My boyfriend's been kidnapped! Yours, too, darling. Let's go beat up some hoodlums and find them, shall we, Jean? Okay, maybe we can listen to a podcast on the way. From Geekade.com! Absolutely, darling. I love their podcasts about video game music, TV shows, and Transformers. Yeah, and articles about anime and horror movies, plus YouTube and Twitch channels. Geekade.com has got something for every geek. Yes, I've missed our bonding time over Geekade.com. Those... Late nights listening to the sounds of Mega Man with you on your back, like a mega woman. Yeah. Hey, is that my, my boyfriend? boyfriend? Wait, Wait, Scott, Scott is, is my... <laughs> oh, that's rich, darling. We were both looking for Scott, weren't we? But I've got a better idea. Why don't we leave Scott tied up in the warehouse for a while and we can curl up together with some geeky.com. And maybe you can tie me up instead. Check out geekade.com today, darlings. Gene? Emma? This isn't funny. No, don't turn off the lights. I'm scared of the dark. Hey. Hey, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, So guess what, guys? So I have a new energy drink here. (laughs) <laughs> I am not going to be switching permanently to it, but for those of you Mega Man fans, they actually made an energy drink of the Mega Man E-Tank, and it's a really cute can. It's uh, it's the 8-bit sprite of Mega Man. He's running, 
and it's an E-Tank. And for those of you who haven't played Mega Man, uh, as soon as you're done listening to us, you should go play Mega Man. And Yeah, start with two. Yeah, start with two. Just forget one. You can forget one happened. One didn't exist. But so, well, you, I mean, you know, there are health drops, you know, in the game, but there are also these E-Tanks, so you can save them, and when you're low on health, you can use it later. So, you know, it gives Mega Man all his health back. So they made this into an energy drink. This is one of the most intense things I've ever fucking tasted in my life. And uh, I was, you know, I was a shitty teenager and and 20-something-year-old, and I drank my fair share of alcohol straight. Nothing has quite punched me in the face and in my body like this has. Maybe you just don't remember. Did you ever have Four Loco before they changed it? No, I never had Four Loco. I wish I did, because now it's too late. It came out when I was in college, and everybody was drinking them and talking about how they tasted like gasoline. (laughs) And I was like, that sounds disgusting. I don't want to try that. And now I'm like, I wish I tried it. I do remember being at the liquor store, though, once I'm getting, you know, my, my cans of beer. And a cop was in there. And he was taking all the four loco out of the fucking liquor section of the convenience store. And uh, he's like, yeah, you can't sell this. And he just had, like, piles of the fucking things. Yeah, we're going to confiscate it yeah. and uh, bring it to the police station. <laughs> don't worry what we're going to do with it after that. Oh, my God. Well, it's not ooh, it's not going down any easier, guys. My brother and sister-in-law got it for me. For they saw it in the store, and they also saw um, an Agretzico drink. Oh yeah, called Liquid Rage. Um, <laughs> they both know that I don't have caffeine anymore, so I told Jonathan he could have them, and he was like, "All right, that sounds like a great idea." And then he like looks at it, and he's like, "Oh, this has a lot of sugar in it. I wonder how it's gonna be." And then he just drinks it, and he's like, "Ah!" My- my arm hair was standing on end. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting kick to the face, but uh, it's kind of tasty. But yeah, it has eighty percent of like your your daily intake of sugar. So that should be a fun time. Yeah, and there's gonna be cake later. There's gonna be cake later. Oh my god! I should have saved. I should save the rest of this for when it's cake time and finish this when we're eating cake. You're gonna be so tired. You're not gonna be able to drive home. That's not true. I'll just drink more. I'll I'll bring the liquid rage with me. So that'll that'll be for the trip home. All yeah. right. And well. talking about things that kick you in the face, how about that dazzler? <laughs> what? <laughs> you like my transition? Yeah, you're just going for it. Yeah. You're just you're just all like, "Let's go for it." Let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is uh this is timely. You know, we just talked about how it was the 40th anniversary uh, for Emma Frost, and it is now the 40th anniversary of Dazzler. Um, they're the same age. They're, yeah, yeah, they're the same age. Yeah, so look at that. So when you insult Emma and call her an old bitch, you're also calling Dazzler an old bitch. No, it's That's different. Rude. How is that different? You can't, it's different. Those are the same numbers, Patty. You're an accountant. Uh, so Dazzler's first appearance was on Canny X-Men, number 130. I am sure that it came out in December of 1979. But the published date on it was February 1980. So that makes this officially 40 years, and that's why we are celebrating it. Dazzler was created by Tom DeFalco and John Romita Jr., um, but she was actually put in the comics by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. Uh, DeFalco and John Romita Jr. came up with Dazzler because there was going to be a deal between Marvel and Sony to do some I feel music. like they've had one of those before. What? A deal between Marvel and Sony. Oh, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> For Spider-Man, for Spider-Man movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if they decided to go with Dazzler instead. 2002, Dazzler number one. Oh my god. (laughs) Just replace that entire movie with Dazzler. She still fights the fucking Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. She gets spider powers, but it's, you know, (laughs) she also has her light powers, and she's Spider-Dazzler. 
And she sings. <laughs> yeah, and she sings. Well, I mean, and she you know, falls in love with Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> they already have, um, you know, a Thor Dazzler. Yeah. Well, so she... we deserve a Spider Dazzler. But yeah, so there was going to be this this whole thing, and they were going to do you know a music, and it was going to be you know this X Men character too. That didn't quite work out. Uh, there was also going to be a movie with Bo Derek, and that didn't quite work out either. So history could have history could have turned out quite differently. But yeah, instead... I'm glad that she didn't get like a <laughs> shitty movie. Yeah, me too. And like that's the thing that she's known for, like Howard the Duck or something. Oh, ugh. Ugh, ugh. 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 I love ducks, and he is an insult to ducks everywhere. <laughs> But, uh, so she, you know, she had a couple of appearances in Uncanny X-Men, and she had an appearance in Amazing Spider-Man, but then in 1981, she got her own solo series, which lasted for 42 issues, and that is quite amazing. It's Um, the longest-running solo mutant female series. Yes. Guinness World Record. Yes. For Dazzler. I think it's also, um... Just, like, the longest-running solo series for a mutant other than Wolverine, too. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Yeah, so the 1981 series started out, um, it was actually, you know, written and drawn by her creators, by Tom DeFalco and John Romita Jr. And this was back in the good old days when John Romita Jr. was a pretty fucking good artist. You remember those days? I do. Yeah? And... So, if you guys have listened to previous episodes, you might know that I started reading X-Men from issue one and kind of worked my way up to where we are today. I was working on that actually when I met Jonathan. I think I was actually reading something in the hallway, sitting on the floor, and like he was complaining about JRJR's art like all the time, and I was like trying to pay attention to artists and stuff, and it just so happened that I realized like, oh, this artist is that guy that Jonathan complains about all the time, and I was like, this isn't bad. I don't know what he's complaining about, but uh, yeah, eventually I saw what he was talking about. Yeah. Because he did lose it after a while. Or he stopped giving a shit or something. I don't know what happened. I mean, I know that artists, you know, their style sometimes just changes over time. I don't know. I mean, I'm no artist, so I don't know if they make this conscious decision to do things a little differently or what happens. But it's, it's very, very obvious with him. Because you look at some of his early work and it's, you know, it's pretty good. But then like by the early and mid 80s, he was like at the peak of his game. He was really fucking, he was really fucking good. Um, And then by the 90s, it just completely, completely dropped off and has gotten even worse over time. It's, it's like a joke. Like they put him on like Superman or something. That's like the most recent thing I saw a couple of years ago. And like, oh, superstar artist. And I look at his Superman and I'm like, everybody looks the same. Yeah, and super square, too. It's so so bad. If you like John Romita Jr., more power to you. Fucking go read all of the comics he's working on now, but he is not for me anymore. Definitely not for me. But he did a great job here. And so, you know, her solo series, it it was really cool. They set up a lot. Um, You know, only going to talk about the first few issues, but they they set up a lot. And like all the characters knew her and all all these characters interacted with her. And I feel like that was on purpose to, like, try to get people to pay attention. It's like, oh, well, if the fucking Avengers are going to see her shows and hanging out with her, she's got to be important. Yeah, and I feel like they kind of tried doing that with Leela Cheney, too, uh, for at least a bit. And you would see, like, characters wearing, like, Leela Cheney or whatever shirts. They didn't stick with that, but they did stick with this because you'll see some characters uh, like Kamala Khan having a Dazzler poster. Yeah. And there are other things like that where, like, somebody will just have, like, a Dazzler record or something. Yeah. So 
I think that's really interesting. They also gave her this backstory that's similar to Emma's that we discussed last episode where, you know, their dads are just <laughs> awful and want them to do one certain thing. Um, in this case, Dazzler's dad wants her to go to law school. She graduated with like pre-law, like at the top of her class or whatever. And she decided, no, I'm not going to fulfill your dream. I'm going to live my dream singing. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Carter Blair and Winston Frost could have been the fucking best of friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in Emma's case, obviously, it was uh, that her dad didn't want her to become a teacher. In this case, it was that Dazzler's dad doesn't want her to be a singer. But it's it's a cute little series. It's a little, you know, silly, <laughs> <Campy>. but campy. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a fun read. And again, similar to Emma's story, Dazzler just wants to go to the dance and dad won't let her. <laughs> and she has to study for law school and whatever. So um, we see that at least she has like some caring person in her grandma. So oh, yeah, Grandma Bella. Yeah. So at least there's that. Yeah, because um, mom's not around, and that's another thing that comes back. Yeah, so anyway, then we get into our first villain, who is the Enchantress. Uh, she decides to make the singer of this popular disco get sick or whatever, so she doesn't go to the show, and they need a fill-in. So Enchantress decides, you know what? I have all this power. I can do whatever I want. I have all this control over men, but I want to go sing at a disco. I want to be I want to be a singer. Yeah, in a disco. I want to be a <laughs> disco queen. Yeah. But no, that's Dazzler's job in 1981 after disco had already kind of died out. <laughs> so guess who shows up at the same audition as the Enchantress? Oh, it's Dazzler. Uh, Beast just showed up at our window and let her know. Yeah, that was nice of him. They, yeah. They had never officially met before, but yeah. you know. <laughs> and also she is like such the starving artist. She has no food left. She has like a packet of saltines in the fridge and that's it. She ate the last of her peanut butter yesterday. That's sad. So yeah, it's really sad. And it's it gets so sad. It's... Patty, when there's no more peanut butter left, like I say, it's a day. It's a day. Forget it. You might as well just go to bed. It's supposed to make you, I guess, feel bad for her. But at the same time, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old or something. I was like, I mean, she should at least finish her law degree just to have something to fall back on. And I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like my mom. It's not that hard. I mean, come on. Again, you know, this was this was nice. it's not that hard. It's not that hard to go to law school. No, it's not that hard to just, you know, go get a job and make some money. You know, that's all you need to do. You know, just walk out, walk into the store, the job just, store, the job store. You start your job. And you have money, so you can have, you know, <laughs> so you can have hot water and heat and food. And she doesn't have any of those because she's not walking into the job store. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of going to the fucking disco, go job. Go, you go job, Dazzler. <laughs> but, but yeah, so this, you know, as campy as like a lot of like the dialogue and how the, how the plot moves forward, like it does a really good job of setting up her character, you know, as we're saying like, Oh, her dad wanted her to be a lawyer. Oh, she's a starving artist. Oh, she wants to follow her dreams. But even more than that, like I said before, you have like the Marvel Universe essentially pulling for her. Because when she goes and gets the, she, you know, her and Enchantress have, you know, the fucking thing. Rap that, battle. They have the rap battle. And <laughs> Dazzler wins. But when she's putting on a show, you get all these fucking heroes there to go see her. You get 
uh, members of the X-Men. Obviously, the X-Men know her. The, some of the Avengers are there. Fucking um, Ben and Johnny from the Fantastic Four are there. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's there. Yeah. Because like, everybody, everybody fucking knows and who she is. And when Enchantress starts calling bitches down, Spider-Man goes to the bathroom <laughs> to try to change. And he's everybody like, does. Yeah. And he's like, oh, all the stalls are taken. I'll just get changed in the ceiling. It's hilarious how all the heroes, like everybody, you know, the bystanders are like running away and everybody's trying to find a place where they can change into like their superhero costumes and shit. It's so funny. But the 80s, they still had telephone booths. <laughs> that's the wrong universe <laughs> they didn't have telephone booths in marvel they did not have telephone booths in the marvel universe Aww. dc got the copyright on that some <laughs> motherfuckers you know again the the art though is great because the colors were were beautiful you know because you know dazzler is like shooting like her light beams and shit as enchant uh, enchantress and it looks gorgeous fucking enchantress shoots some like force lightning and dazzler's got her fucking disco fucking skates and she's, like, skating under the lightning and shit like that. And it's just it's so much fun. Like, I feel like maybe shortly after this era ended, like, in the 90s, and they're like, oh, God, disco. You know, this would have been looked at as, like, shitty. But now, like, I feel like I can look back on this and be like, yeah, it's silly, but it's also... It's a product of its time. It's fun, you know? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, I do kind of like it, even though it's it's campy. But, so, eventually... You know, the fucking, obviously the heroes win, and Enchantress runs away, but there is a, some guy, uh, after the fight, and is like, oh, I have this friend, Harry Osgood, he represents a lot of music talent, and so Dazzler's gonna go there to audition, and the secretary, who's a bitch, calls her Miss Hassler. (laughs) (laughs) She says that's Dazzler. I thought that was, that was really funny. And, you know, Osgood is like this fat, grumpy guy smoking his cigar in his office as Dazzler begins to audition. All the fucking heroes went with her to try out. And they're all like, a Storm is like smiling as Allie is like singing this song. And the way it's described is like, oh, the emotion in it. And it's just, it's really silly. But, you know, Osgood says, yeah, he's impressed and he's going to take Dazzler on. And And so, you know, this is a great... It's a great little setup. You have, you know, this young woman who's struggling. She she could be a superhero if she wanted. She knows the X-Men. She can use her power to fight. She doesn't have any training with it because she just never has. Uh, we, you know, we start to get the feeling as the series goes on that she could be super powerful, but she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to try to hone that. She just wants to fucking be a singer. So good yeah, she never put any uh, effort into her training or anything. She just kind of like rolls with the punches, you know, figures out what she needs to do when she needs to do it. And uh, like I said, I, I was started reading X-Men from the beginning. And so I knew about Dazzler, obviously. And so every time she would show up and the X-Men would ask her to join them, I was like, oh, is this when Dazzler joins the X-Men? And she would always say no. And I'm like, God, just join your friends. <laughs> but um, she was she was dedicated to an unhealthy amount to her career as a singer. <coughs> yeah, she got to no the, peanut butter. Yeah, to the point where she can't even afford anything to eat. She's still pursuing this goal. Listen, you know you've made a wrong decision when you are peanut butterless. <laughs> if you don't have the capacity to go out and get peanut butter... Like, it's it's time to go to job store so you can <laughs> fucking restock the peanut butter shelf. For Seriously. anybody who isn't aware, Jonathan is obsessed with peanut butter. <sighs> anybody who isn't aware. Yes, I'm, I fucking love peanut butter. Just put it in my face. When I was at the diner the other night and I got my peanut butter cheesecake, I decided to ask for the little tub of mm-hmm. peanut butter on the side. And this time it worked out real good. 
The first time I did that, I was like, you know, this is good, but it's not really necessary to have this additional peanut butter. No, this this was a beautiful... Uh, whatever they did to age this peanut butter, whatever the, the special fucking Italian chef's recipe in this peanut butter cheesecake, whatever the fuck they did, it was like the perfect balance. It was just... It was... I don't know. All the planets were aligned well, Friday night. next time, yeah. I can bring my own jar of peanut butter with me so you don't have to pay extra for that. Yeah, that's. I don't know if they'll allow that. Well, no, I'll put it in my purse. What? You're just gonna put a jar. A, a jar yeah, of I used to purse. carry a jar of Nutella in my purse. <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a few months that I was just carrying Nutella around in case of nut emergencies. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like something <laughs> different. That sounds like something way different. <laughs> yeah, I just love Nutella. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you know that, like, some people carry around Tabasco sauce or whatever with them? Who carries Tabasco sauce? Hillary that, Clinton, apparently. does not live in Texas. What? Hillary Clinton? Yeah. Uh, who? Patty, why that would That was, you like, up- in the last election. Patty. She was trying to, like, appeal to... The Texans? Certain voters, I guess. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I carry a bottle of Tabasco with me or whatever. Did and she I- prove it? Did yeah, she- yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, oh, that could have just been planned. She knew that was planned. It also happened in the Cheetah Girls, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> you could have led with that, you know? Was yeah. Hillary Clinton the Cheetah Girl? No. Can you luckily, imagine Hillary Clinton as a no, Cheetah Girl? I don't, I don't know, want to. I don't know the Cheetah Girls. Oh, okay. We should watch that movie. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, uh, not only were they setting up Dazzler to try to be, like, you know, really important in the Marvel Universe by throwing all of these other heroes in the first two issues, but also by throwing some big-name villains at her, like Enchantress. I mean, I'm I'm sure in the past Enchantress was, like, you know, a really popular villain, but she is well-known to comic book readers, at least. But, um, yeah, fucking uh, Doctor Doom is the villain in the next two issues, numbers three and four. You know, this is what I, w- I was mentioning before about her capacity to be super powerful because she she starts getting sweet on Johnny Storm. No, and... Johnny Storm seemed to be getting sweet on her. She seemed to be like, meh. Yeah, she was hugging uh, She was hugging Thing's arm. Oh. She likes the big and rocky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so Mr. Fantastic is doing some tests on her, and he's like, your powers can be far greater than you even imagined. So that's... You know, that's pretty cool, and it's true, and that, that comes back later in the series. So the whole the whole plot of this is that her, her like, manager now, Osgood books her for a charity UNICEF show at the United Nations, but at the same time, the United Nations got their hands on these fucking crystals that used to belong to Doctor Doom, and Doctor Doom Whoopsies. wants them back. So, yeah. So they end up meeting up there. Doctor Doom's gonna steal the crystals, and Allie tries to stop him, but, you know, after they fight for a little bit... Doom electrocutes her, she passes out, he takes the gem, he takes Dazzler, and he flies away. And then in issue four, we get some trippy art from Frank Springer, who is a name that I've seen around before. I can't put my finger on anything else that he's done, but he is one of those like cla- like classic artists that you just kind of know. And he did an amazing job in issue four, because issue four was trippy as fuck, right? Yeah, so this is early in Dazzler's career, I guess, and she hasn't improved her powers at all, like we've said. Uh, she still needs a continuous flow of music to use her powers. So she carried the radio. Yeah, so she carries around like a Walkman or something. No, they didn't have Walkmans back then. No. In 81, they didn't have Walkmans? I don't think they had Walkmans in 81. Maybe uh, they did. I don't know. Whatever, she- we're not going to look that up. Uh, because who cares? She carried around some kind of iPod. 
<laughs> Some kind of old school iPod. No, uh, I mean it would have it would have solved her problems a little bit, I think, if she had a cassette player. There there have been a few times where she's like, "Oh no, the music it, it broke or whatever." And so Doom is like, "You need to go to this dark dimension, dark dimension, and to get more of my crystals to get more crystals." And Dazzler was like, "Okay," and <laughs> yeah, she was totally willing participant. Okay, he didn't just blast her off into space. Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> and uh you know she tries to use her walkman thing and uh it it isn't working in the dark dimension yeah there's no fucking yeah there's she doesn't no, get a signal there's no radio there's signals there's no radio there. signals in the dark dimension <laughs> so no Sounds. what am i gonna do what am i gonna do for sound now i can't we you need a radio for sound patty and uh i think it was mentioned in the series that she can't just like scream and use that as her power was it i think it was at some point yeah because it has to come from like around her but yeah you're right they didn't they didn't mention like oh hey lady just start talking and keep talking or yell or something and you can do it that wasn't like a thing that she could do but yeah again this art was really fucking trippy because it's like this nightmare dimension she there are fucking images of her fucking grumpy ass father like all around like his head is just like berating her and she's like you know like really upset and like yelling at it she fucking you know shouts i'm a big girl now let's go for it and you know he makes her the fucking images disappear but this was one of my favorite fucking things and it may sound stupid but i don't care all of a sudden there's a dark dazzler like dark link and i feel like that's where nintendo got the idea for dark link it was from reading dazzler um and it was so spooky I mean, at this point, I feel like it's such an overdone trope, but that might not have been true back then. Yeah. Because I feel like it also happened in Kingdom Hearts and some other games, too. I'm not sure exactly what other games it happened in, but I I know that... More like Kingdom Farts, am I right? (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, there's there's a fight with Dark Dazzler, but it doesn't last too long. So upsetting. It, It was so cool. I feel like... They could have gone somewhere with that. I don't think that's ever been touched on again. But well, I, I don't think like... Dazzler's gone back to the dark dimension. Well, maybe she needs to. Maybe she needs to check on her dark self and make sure her dark self is doing okay. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, just like, you know, it, it like you said, it's a trope. Like, oh, negative emotions. Oh, my dark fucking doppelganger. I have to fight it. But like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if she's all fucking negative and angry or something and she creates this light, maybe this fucking, like, hard light construct thing, this dark dazzler could be a fucking thing. I feel like something spooky like that would work in a story. But But it doesn't matter because the fight is over. Yeah, because the fight is over in, like, a page and a half or something. Uh, And then, so after she fucking defeats uh, Dark Dazzler, Nightmare shows up. And as as great as the art was in this issue, the single thing that I did not like was... Um, Nightmare's face and hair. He looks so stupid. I, I don't... I, I I can't even aptly describe it. It just looks bad. He looks like an idiot. But she fights him. He hates bright light. You know? Nightmare. Wow. Nightmare. Nightmare That's... in the dark. You don't have nightmares in the light. Bad <laughs> things don't happen when it's light out. So Nightmare goes away because Dazzler's got all the light. That's so convenient that she faced an enemy who was afraid of light. <laughs> You think they planned that beforehand? I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah. They might have just made it up 
Because I feel as like they were going. That's how I feel like comic books are written, right? You just kind of like wing it. You know, the editor, the writer, they just sit down. And That's like, how hey. I've always done everything. <laughs> <laughs> but but fucking Nightmare hates hates her and her light so much that he's willing to give her the stone that she's got to go get and then send her back to doom. The kidney stone. <laughs> what? <laughs> he gave her kidney stones? Well, I mean, he is Nightmare. <laughs> is that what they make kidney beans out of? Kidney stones? Yes. That was a quick answer. Are you an expert? <laughs> yes, I'm a scientist and a botanist. Oh, boy. All right. So, yeah, but, you know, Dazzler <clears throat> Dazzler knows that Doom isn't going to be using these fucking, these gems for anything good. So she blasts at him. Uh, the fucking light bounces all over and ends up breaking the gem. What's really cool, though, is like, you know, how Reed said at the beginning of uh, issue three that she has, like, so much potential to be powerful. She, like turns herself basically into light and is like floating in the air and fucking glowing um and then like blasts at doom she doesn't like actually defeat him on her own she ends up getting knocked out and then doom sees human torch coming because he's got a big crush on her um and when doom sees human torch he thinks the rest of the four are coming so he runs away and and the torch you know saves Allie. and so that was great but yeah, so, you know, these first few issues, you know, kind of set up a lot of potential for Dazzler, you know, to be super important. Like I said, there are so many characters, so many important Marvel characters who are established all around her. Um, you've got one of the fucking geniuses of the Marvel Universe telling her she could be super powerful. You see a little bit of that. You see her face off a couple of like really big and important villains, really powerful villains. And uh, and, and it's great. It, it really is. It's just a lot of fun. Like I said, like if this were released today, it would be super silly. It wouldn't sell like a ton of copies like it was back in the 80s. But I, it's, it was kind of nice to take a look back on this. Um, there are a lot of other Dazzler stories, but I figured, you know, this was kind of like, this wasn't her exact introduction, but this kind of fleshed out the character a bit more just in these first few issues. Yeah, I agree. I know we haven't really been given much content lately. I don't know if it's because nobody wants to use her or they don't know where they're going to put her or like maybe we just have to wait. Maybe she's going to be in a 16th new book that's going to come out. <laughs> or um, the 616th. You see what I did? Thanks. Do you get it? No. You don't get it? I get it. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with her. I hope they use her. I mean, that panel of Siren yelling at her was so cute. Oh, man, so good. But hopefully she gets more than just, like, background appearances. Like, hopefully she gets to talk and... She she did talk in that oh, one, yeah. one panel of Fallen Angels. Yeah. One or two panels. Yeah. She got to talk. <laughs> Wish fulfilled, Patty. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, but I completely agree. But it's up to, you know, a writer and editorial to okay it, you know, for something like that to happen. Like, somebody somebody could do something more with Dazzler if they wanted to. And, and I mean, you know, it may, be, it may sound silly to bring up, but it's the same thing with Adam X. You know, he's, like, the biggest joke of, like, you know, maybe not the entire Marvel Universe, but at least the X-Men. But if a writer wanted to, they could absolutely utilize him and make him not a joke. The same thing could be done with Dazzler. She's been badass in the past, and it's just, it's been a while since we've seen that, but it absolutely could be done again, and, and it should be. Uh, she has a very dedicated and vocal fan base, and, and it's really cool because I don't, I don't see a lot of shittiness around the Dazzler fandom, you know what I mean? There are other, 
and not just the X-Men, but yes, X-Men, but like you look at other fandoms and how there's like a lot of inherent shittiness around characters and certain things. There are a lot of like just bitter and angry Emma Frost fans. There are a lot of shitty Pokemon fans. You know, there's a lot of just like negativity out there, but it tends to be when people are talking about Dazzler, it's just a lot of positivity and it's just more like, come on, Marvel, let's see more of her, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And if you want a fun, positive place on the internet, if you like Dazzler, if you're not maybe the biggest fan of Dazzler, if you know about Dazzler but you want to learn more, you can go yeah. to Age of Dazzler on Facebook. It's a very accepting group. Don't go there and be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What did you think of Dazzler's 80s solo series? Do you think we'll see more of her in Dawn of X? Join us for a new episode in two weeks, and until then, let's go for it! Dazzler was right. <laughs>